Okay, so we're up to that. Yud Gimel Amid Aleph, we're up to the two dots. It's five lines into the page. So the Mishnah said that not only does a erva not do Yibam, but she exempts her tsara, and she exempts the tsarist tsara. Okay, so she exempts the co-wife and the co-wife's co-wife. Uh, just, uh, again, very big kids to explain the case of a co-wife's co-wife is if you have three brothers, you've got Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Um, Shimon marries Reuven's daughter, okay? Or Reuven marries Shimon's daughter, whatever. And there's a daughter and uh, there's a co-wife. Reuven dies, so the daughter falls to her father and the co-wife falls to the father. Obviously, they can't do Yibam because it's a daughter and the pater's the tzara. So the co-wife, instead of marrying the fathers, she goes to the third brother. She's unrelated to. So she does Yibam on the third brother. That third brother dies... And that Levi now, so now the co-wife of the daughter and Levi's wife fall to, to, Shem, to, fall to the, the, the co-wife's father, whatever. So the kids are, it's the co-wife's co-wife. So she, you know, you understand the case. Uh, yeah, I'm not being very clear, but you understand the case. So it's a co-wife's co-wife, meaning she... Yeah, you have Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Reuven, Shimon, Aritzko has a picture, I'm assuming in the beginning of the second. You have Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Three brothers... Reuven marries Shimon's daughter, and he has another wife, okay, then he dies, so Rachel is Shimon's daughter, and Leah, so obviously Rachel's not going to do even with her father, and Leah's also exempt, because she's the co-wife of Rachel, so Leah, the co-wife, does Yibam on Levi, does Yibam on the third brother, because she's not related to the third brother, she has to do Yibam on the third brother, then, so now Levi is married to Reuven, to, to Reuven's widow, which is Rachel's co-wife, and he has his own wife, Billa. So you got Leah and Billa. But Leah is the co-wife of Rachel, and Billa, and then Levi dies. So Leah is now falling to the father, the, to the to, to Shimon, who was the father of her original co-wife. So not only does Leah not do Yibam, but her co-wife doesn't do Yibam. Why? Because it's a co-wife of a co-wife. Meaning, Rachel is the erva, Levi, Leah is the co-wife of the erva, and Billa is the co-wife of the co-wife. You understand? That, that's, that's the scenario. So the halacha is, they're all pater. So not only does an erva pater, the tzare pater is the co-wife of the tzare, tzare. Fine. So the Gemara wants to know what's the source. Menon Emili, how do I know this? I'm Rabbi Yudha Litzrar, how do I rip the tzare's harbin? Litzrar, the extra resh, tells you that not only does the tzare, is the tzare pater, but the tzare, tzare is also pater. We have this already. Ravashi Yomar Svarahu. Ravashi has a svara, which... I believe it's Rav Kivegar's kasha, the famous kasha of Kivegar and Dafke Moment Beis, is why do you need a Pasuk? Ravashi says you don't need a Pasuk. The truth is, is a Tzara. Tzara my time is in the Makam Erev Akaimis. Tzara serve and I'm You don't need a Pasuk for Tzara, Tzara. I'll tell you why. Why is... Right, you have the daughter and the co-wife, yeah? The co-wife doesn't do even why? Because she's the co-wife of an Erev. A Tzara, Tzara also you don't need a Pasuk. Why? She's the co-wife of an Erev. Why? When the daughter is exempt from Yibam and she potters her co-wife, that means her co-wife is a sister-in-law that you're not allowed to marry. She's an Ashes Ach Shaloi Bamaka Mitzvah, right? She's a sister-in-law that the Torah says, don't marry this woman. So now you have the co-wife's co-wife. So she's the co-wife of an erva, meaning it's always the co-wife of an erva. Yeah, the first set was the co-wife of a daughter. So now it's the co-wife of, of, of a Tsaras erva, which is also an erva, meaning... A tsaras erva, when the Torah says, don't marry the daughter, and then it says, says litzor, don't marry the co-wife, that means the co-wife is an erva. So if you have a tsaras tsara, it's either erva 
of a tzara or a shesach, however, however you want to look at it, whatever it is, but it's an erva. So the co-wife's co-wife, you don't need a pasuk for her. She's the co-wife of an erva. It's a different kind of erva. What do you need a pasuk for? Sarvashi says, Yitaka don't need a pasuk. Which is the Rukhiyagas Kash and Dafgim Omid Beis is why you need a pasuk for It's the co-wife of an erva. This is the svara of Ravashi. Okay. Isn't a pasuk stronger than a svara? No, we don't need it. You're right, but it's what, unnecessary. What would, what would Ravashi use this pasuk for? Oh, that I don't know. I get, well, it's just the Reish. Maybe he doesn't darsh in the Reish. I don't know, it's a Shiloh. It is a Shiloh that Mepharshim do ask is that Ravashi is sort of going against the Brisa that darshins it this way. It's a good Shiloh. Um, the next sugi is like this. The Kash is like, the, the Gemara, let me explain outside the sugi. okay? The Koif of Venerva, yeah? So you have Rachel and Leah. Rachel is the daughter of Shimon. Leah is not. The husband dies. Rachel falls to Shimon. She doesn't do Yibam on her father and she exempts her Koif. Let's say she's divorced. Let's say the, the first husband, Reuben, divorced the daughter. So by the time Yibun happens, she's not involved. We would assume you would do Yibun, right? Meaning, you understand the case. You have Reuben and Shimon, just two brothers, make it easy. Reuben marries Shimon's daughter, Rachel. And he has another daughter, Leah, another wife, Leah. And then he dies. So the daughter falls to her father, not doing Yibun, and exempts the co-wife as well. But let's say before Yibum, before the guy died, before Reuben died, he divorced Rachel. So by the time he dies, Rachel's no longer in the picture. So then, she should do Yibum on Leah. That's what the Mishnah says. Now the Gemara, though, the Gemara implies, Afilu girish, meaning, even if Rachel and Leah were co-wives at one point, but as long as Rachel was divorced before death, you do Yibum, which I think is uh, what we would assume. I'll tell you outside what we're going to see, and we'll see it inside. And that is, the Gemara is going to bring a Brisa, that the Brisa says, the only time you do Yibam is not just when he divorced Rachel, but he had to divorce Rachel before Leah got married. Meaning Rachel and Leah were never co-wives at any point. If there were co-wives at some point, even if he divorced the daughter before he died, still, she's considered Saras Arab. Because Yibam is not a continuation of the point of death. Yibam is a continuation of their original point of marriage. Meaning the Brisa implies, again, you have to understand the Svara, but the Brisa is going to imply that you only do Yibam if you divorce the, the Erva before you marry the Kohai. But if they were married at any point together, if Rachel and Leah were Kohais at any point, even if you subsequently divorced Rachel, still, Tzara Erva. Okay, that, that, that's, that's the Gemara, the Brisa is going to say. That's the Shiloh. The Shiloh is when does... Yibam is like a continuation. Continuation of what? Of, of the marriage. At what point? Meaning at what point are we like snapshotting the marriage and we're saying Yibam is continuing. So if it's from death, at that point she wasn't involved. But if it's from, I guess, the beginning of their marriage... I know, I know. It's, it's interesting. But that's, that's... Well, that's what the Bryce is going to say. That's, well, that's why the Mishnah kind of... The Mishnah is saying, Pashat like... What Alicia is saying. The Bryce says not like that. The Bryce says like this. Or many, I have a contradiction. Um... The Bryce says, Gimel Achim Shnai Mehem Nesuas Bezachoyos. You have three brothers, two married or two sisters. Echad Nasinachos, one is just married to a regular woman. Girish Echad Mebale Echoyos Ishtai Umeis. Meaning, the Bryce is specifically speaking out the case where the case is you have three brothers married, uh, one's just married to a woman, and two brothers married to two sisters. One of them divorces his wife, who's a sister, so she's out. Then he die, then, then the brother dies and he brings in another wife, meaning the wife is brought in after the divorce, then he dies, she does Yibam. 
The implication is she does even because she was never a co-wife with the sister. Had she been a co-wife at any point, even if the divorce happened before the death, there would be no yibum. The Gemara says like this. This is the case, meaning, taima, the implication is, the only reason why there's yibum is because the, the erva was divorced before the co-wife was married. So they were never co-wives at any point. But, but if he married the co-wife and then divorced the erva and then died, why? You would say that there is no yibum because she's considered saras erva. So our Mishnah implies that there would be yibum in such a case. The Brisa implies not like that. So it's a kasha. So the Gemara says, Meaning, they were not authored by the same people. The Mishnah and the Brisa are disagreeing with each other. Okay. Our Mishnah believes that Yibam is based on the death, meaning what is the status of the family at the death. So if at the time of death, the erva was divorced, you do Yibam. This Braisa feels that Zika is created from the point of the first marriage. And at that point, there were co-wives. So it doesn't matter that she was subsequently divorced. Still, it's a Tzaras erva. So it's a Machleikas. Rava actually says, no, everyone agrees with each other. I that Brisa says that you only don't do you only do yibum when when uh, when they were divorced. The answer is it's the Brisa is building up on each other. Meaning, really the Brisa holds that you don't do you do yibum even if they were co-wives at any point. I the Brisa says not it's zuve in Meaning our chiddush our mish is the chiddush and that's not a chiddush. Meaning when that Brisa says that you do yibum when they were divorced, it means even if they weren't divorced. Before, but uh, it's not a chiddush. But zuvein tarachlem rezu. Sometimes you have that with the our mishnah is the chiddush. That price is not saying a chiddush. Not to deduce that it's arguing with our mishnah, but it's not a chiddush. Sometimes that's the flow of the of Tanaic literature. It says the chiddush, and then the subsequent teaching, which is not a chiddush, is also stated. But the point is, all the Tanaim, according to Rava, agree that if you divorce the erva before death, there is evil. Because by the time of death, the erva is no longer involved. I, the Braisa, didn't say that case. Okay, he wasn't saying a chiddush. But don't, don't learn anything from it. Okay, just to finish up, to get to the Mishnah, the Mishnah said that if a, um, let's say the erva, right? Let's say you have the daughter case, right? The daughter and the co-wife. So Reuben is Shimon. Reuben marries Shimon's daughter and has another wife and then dies. So we said that you don't do yim on the daughter and also exempts the co-wife. What if the daughter is 11 years old, Right? So she could. So she. So her marriage is only rabbinic, right? Assuming the case is like we said yesterday, where you could do mian. How do you do mian when the father's alive? So I mentioned from Rashi where she got married by the father, got divorced, and then was married off by the wife, by the mother or the brothers. Fine. The kids are. It's a rabbinic marriage. Yeah. So it says the Mishnah. Any time you could do mian, then then the co-wife does chalitza. Meaning, she's because it's a rabbinic marriage. She can't pot to the co-wife fully. Because it's only a rabbinic marriage. So the co-wife del chalitza. It's the Gemara Sakasha, which is a little bit, we had, uh, uh, Adam, we had this in, in, in yesterday's daf, you were ma'ir or something. He says, The Gemara wants to know, why shouldn't the daughter, based on yesterday's daf, we know the answer, but the Gemara wants to know, why shouldn't the daughter or any erva just always do miyun? Right? Miyun uproots the marriage limafreya retroactively. It pulls her completely out. And we're assuming that if you do miyun, then the co-wife could do yibum, right? 
So if the daughter's there, so we said, okay, so you go to the rabbi, the rabbi's like, the kohef's got to do chalitza, because the daughter, the daughter is 11 years old, so it's a rabbinic marriage, and she might pater, but it's rabbinic, so let the kohef do chalitza. The Gemara says, so why don't you just, why shouldn't the rabbi just advise her to do miyun, go to the father and say, I'm out, I'm not interested, which retroactively undoes her original marriage, and then her kohef could do yibam. Well, why not? Isn't that a smarter thing to do? So the Gemara says, Why shouldn't she do that? So the Gemara says, This is maybe a right to Ravoshia. We'll have Ravoshia in 96 days. Ravoshia says, Ravoshia Tainas, you could only, if a, if a woman who's falling to Yibam, if she does Mion, it does not uproot her original marriage, it just ends this relationship. Meaning, if the Yavam did Kedushin, the Mion could uproot the Kedushin, but it can't uproot the original marriage. Maybe this is a riot to that. Meaning, that the reason why she can't do Mion and uproot the marriage is because maybe she can't. Maybe Mion doesn't work at that point. It's, it's too late into the game. That's Ravai Shishita. The Ravai holds that Mion will only work for, for if the Yavam did Kedushin, it could uproot the Kedushin, but it can't uproot the original marriage. It's too late. You can't do Mion on the second husband to uproot the first marriage. It doesn't work. Maybe that's why she can't do Mion. The Gemara says no. The Gemara says, meaning we're asking, the daughter was married to Reuben, and then she, the, Reuben dies, and now she's falling to her father Shimon. So the Gemara says, let her just do me into Shimon and uproot the original marriage, take her completely out of the game. She was never an Erva, never involved. Let the Kohef do Yivma. So the Gemara says, maybe this is a Raya that if she does Miun to Shimon, to, the, to her father, it only undoes her relationship with her father, but it doesn't undo the original marriage. That's Rav Oishi Yashita. Correct, but I guess Rav Oishia holds that once the second husband gave Kedushin, meaning once the Yavam did Mimer, which is Kedushin, then her ability to do Mion at the first husband, it's, it's like too late. I don't know if it's like, it's like davening. It's like you miss, it's like you miss the Minion. You miss Shachar, so you have two Minchas. You miss Shachar, so mincha, you can only make a Mincha. Like, Mion will, at that point, will only undo the second Kedushin, but it can't go back to the original one. It's, uh, again, uh, co- correct, correct. Uh, I'll piece of our eye, I understand the Kasha. And that's why Rashi says, if you wait to Daf Kuv Zayin, Rashi says, there we'll explain. Uh, in Kuv Zayin, it's, it's, it's Rav Yishita. I, I, I don't fully, uh, I didn't have time to like look into that sugi, but that's Rav Yishita. But I, I hear the Ha'ara, it's an interesting point. So the Gemara is saying, maybe this is a right to Rav Yishita. And then the Gemara says, no. This we had yesterday. The answer is no. The reason why we don't allow the the woman to do yibum and undo the marriage is because at this point it's too late. Not that it won't work. Technically, Mion at that point will undo the marriage, but optically, people will think that the co-wife of a daughter does yibum. It's too late. Right? It's, we, had this, we had this sugi yesterday, that the Gemara said that if a woman does me into her husband, forget about Yibam, just stop. A woman does me into her husband, she can marry her father-in-law. Why? Because she was never related to him. Mion undoes everything retroactively, so she can marry her father-in-law. But if she falls to Yibam, and she does Mion to the Yavam, she cannot marry the father-in-law. Why? It's too late. Optically, it looks like, it looks like you're marrying your father-in-law. Meaning, in people's perspectives, it looks like you already had something going here. So too over here... When you have the daughter and the co-wife, and if the daughter, you ask, why shouldn't the daughter just do me and allow the co-wife to do Yibam? Technically, she should be able to do that. But people are just going to walk away saying, oh, I guess the co-wife of a daughter can do Yibam. 
they're not going to understand. It's, it's, in people's perspectives, Mian, they won't recognize that Mian is undoing the original marriage. They're just going to think Mian is sort of like a chalitza or something. They're, they're not going to understand exactly how Mian works. And therefore, it's optically not a good idea. Okay, we had this yesterday. Huh? Well, this is a very rare case. I can't imagine. But if it did happen, you'll be happy that you learned Dafyad Gimel in Yavamas to know the answer. But I, I, I can't imagine. I'll, I'll be honest, I tell, I tell you, this entire Masefta is not really in the game because we don't do Yivam anymore. So, yeah, we just do Chalitza. But uh, again, I guess it could come up. And we don't have two wives. So, we don't have polygamy because of Cherem Ben-Gershem, and we don't do Yivam. So, that's why we don't learn Gemara for Halacha. You learn it to, to open your mind. So the Gemara says like this. The Mishnah says like this. The first Mishnah dealt with Arayas that fall to Yibam. Now there are certain Arayas that will never fall to Yibam. Because the, because the concept of our Mishnah is that it's an erva to one brother and not to the other. Like the case of a daughter. right? The reason why a daughter is falling to Yibam is because a man is allowed to marry his niece. So a man married his niece... And then, and then died, so then the niece is falling to Yibam. Why is the Mishnah does not say you're the mother? Why? Because no brother is allowed to marry the mother, so it's never going to be relevant. You'll never have a case of Yibam with the mother, because no brother... To make Yibam work in this Mishnah, you need one brother marrying her, and then dying, and then she falls to the other brother. No brother is allowed to marry a mother, so it's not, re- it's not relevant. So the Mishnah now lists six women that will never be in our case. Does it apply if it's a, a half Um No, because, because you're still not allowed to marry Aishas Aviv. So it, it's never relevant. There are six women that will never be able to fall to Yibam because you, you can't have it. The Mishnah says like this, Sheish Arayis Chamuris Me'elu, there are six women that will never be able to fall to Yibam, and therefore it's Sarasei Mutaris, therefore you're allowed to marry the co-wife, meaning, because it'll not be a case of Yibam, it'll just be a Stam co-wife, like we had the case of John, where John had two wives, one happens to be your mother, you're allowed to marry the co-wife, because it's not Yibam, you're not related to the co-wife at all, meaning you'll never have a case of Yibam with these women. And who are these women? So, Imai, the mother, Eishas Aviv, the wife of the father, Achais Aviv, your aunt, Achaisai Mei Aviv, your paternal sister, Eishas Achi Aviv, the wife of your uncle, and Ishtoi Achiv Me'aviv, and your sister-in-law from your father, paternal sister-in-law. All of these women will never be able to have Yibam because no brother is able to marry her. Okay, fine. Now the Mishnah continues like this. We referenced this earlier, and that is, the entire first Mishnah is based on a premise, and that is, you do not, mar- you do, you do, not do Yibam on the co-wife of an Erva. That's the entire Mishnah. Right? That not only do you not do Yibam on the daughter, she potters her co-wife. Beishamai disagrees. Beishamai disagrees with the entire premise. Beishamai actually holds that when you have two women that fall to Yibam, one's the daughter and one's the co-wife, you do Yibam on the co-wife. They completely disagree with the entire first mission. Our entire first mission is basically, Beishamai holds, you do Yibam on the, on, the, on, the, on the Erba. We'll see why in the Gemara. The Gemara will explain why. Beishil Oysin, but Beishil Laser, as they go to the next page, which is obviously our, our first mission. Now, one of the halachic nafkamin is between Beishamah and Beishilo. There's a couple. I'll tell you outside, then we'll see it inside. And that is, first of all, do you do Yibam on the Kawaif? Okay. Second of all, let's say instead of Yibam, you did Chalitza. So I mentioned yesterday, Chalitza renders a woman posla kahuna. If you do Chalitza on the Kawaif, was it anything? So according to Beishamah, yeah. Meaning Beishamah requires Yibam or Chalitza. 
So if you do chalitza, that it was a legitimate chalitza, so she's pasal kuhuna. According to Beis Hillel, it's nothing. She doesn't need chalitza. It's the equivalent of doing chalitza not in a case of mitzvah, so it's nothing. So, right? If you do chalitza on the co-wife, Beis Hillel holds it's, 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 it's not necessary. Therefore, it doesn't possible a woman come from kuhuna because it was never necessary to begin with. One more halacha, what if you do yibam on the co-wife? So Bishamah holds you doing a mitzvah. Bishamah holds, you're making mamzerv. You make her pasal kuhuna. Because you, it's, 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 it's a relations that's not allowed. So that's another nafkamina. And the Gemara is going to ask, why do you have to speak these out? These are pretty obvious. Nesiyabmu, Bishamah, Shirin, Bishamah, So that, by the way, what that does mean is, according to Bishamah, Bishamah, you'll have, if these cases ever happened, You'll have women that, like Beishamai, would not want to marry from Beishil and vice versa, because, like Beishamai's perspective, these are women who should have done yibum that didn't. From Beishil's perspective, these are women that should not have done yibum that did. So, like they sort of all, you understand? Like, if you were from the Beishil camp and you were trying to make a shidduch from the world of Beishamai, you'd have to investigate because, and, and vice versa. Each one doesn't hold to the other. You understand? But it says the Mishnah. They married from each other. So the Mepharshim explained is because they would tell the Rabbanim which women. Meaning, it doesn't mean like, you know, they married into each other, they didn't care. Why wouldn't they care? They should care. This could be potential mamzerim. So the answer is, they marked it down. Meaning, Beisila had a ledger of every woman that Bishamah wouldn't hold of, and vice versa, and they had respect enough for each other to do that. So when there was a woman from Beis Hillel that a Talmud of Bishamah was going to marry, they would ask the Rav, and the Rav would be like, she's fine because she, her family is not from that line that ever had to this Misa, and vice versa. Well, well it, depends, it depends how far you have to go back, because according to Beis Hillel, if they did Yivum, Shaloi B'maka Mitzvah, as we found out with Laufer in day one, if you do Yivum, Shaloi B'maka Mitzvah, not that Laufer did it, but he knew of a case. If you do Yivam Shaloi B'maka Mitzvah, that makes Mamzerim. Mamzerim is forever. The other case, it's Kedushin not Toifsin, but it's a Loisase. So you'd have to just figure out what the case is, and meaning Beishamai would be Makbid forever, I would assume. Beishil would be Makbid for Kahuna, but not outside of Kahuna. The point is, you'd have to figure out what each one requires, and then, and then, and then figure out how long, you know, you understand? Meaning, even if it's a mamzer, but if one of them married a married a, 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 a what do you call it a, a ger a giyiris, then the child is no longer married. Whatever. There's ways to kasher mamzeris. Whatever it is. But the point is, they'd have to they had a leisure. They'd have to figure this out. It would be something the rabbi would have to investigate when you're intermarrying between Bisham and Beisilo. And then the mission also says, and even when it comes to tomatahara, they didn't stop from Nimnu, meaning. They would still borrow kalim from each other because they would tell each other, "Don't, don't borrow this kli because this kli you hold is not tahar," and vice versa. They had respect enough for each other to do it. Okay. Now, the first machloikas that we had between Bisham and Hillel in the Mishnah, the Dhamma machloikas is, "Do you do yibum on the co-wife of an erva?" So, what's Bishamay shita? Amrav, Shimon Pazi, my time the What's Bishamay's reasoning? Because it says, meaning, what's their reasoning that hold? What's their svara that you do yibam on the co-wife? Where do they get this from? Because the pastor says, Lysia ishes hames hachutzel ishzar. The ishes hames, the wife of the deceased, hachutza, external one, 
shall not marry anyone else. She should do yibum. What does it mean hachutza? So says the Gemara, chutza mechlaldika pnimis. You know how Bishami teaches it? Chutza means she's the outside one, meaning there's two wives. There's the pnimis, there's the, in, the one that's closer to him, meaning an erva. You don't get closer than an erva, like a daughter. And then there's the chutza. The chutza is the non-erva. And loisia, you have to do yibum. So the Bishami teaches that the Pasuk is talking about two co-wives. One's the daughter, which is pnimis. One's the co-wife, which is chutza. And the Torah is saying the chutza should do yibum. That's how Bishami teaches the Pasuk. So the Gemara says, how does Basil teach the Pasuk? You know, Basil says the Pasuk, the Pasuk is not talking about what you're talking about at all. The Pasuk says, Basil says, the Pasuk is not talking about Erev or not. It's just saying, Stam, you have a woman who's about to do Yibam. Yeah? Before she does Yibam, someone else goes over and says, Harei Mekudashisli. Is it Typhus? No. How do you know that? Because this woman should not marry an Ishazar. Meaning, there's no Kedushin Taifas on this woman. Even though if she's not a Loisa Seishesh by Kares, but still the Torah says, the Kedushin is not Taifas. It has nothing to do with uh, Erevah or not. Kedushin is not Taifas on Yavama that's waiting to do Yibam. The Gemara says, Ubeshamai had his why does Beshamai not like that? Miksiv Lochutz, it says Khutzaksiv. Beshamai says, according to you, it should say Lochutz. Lochutz meaning to marry an external person. Khutza implies it's the external of the of the Yavamos. What does Basil say to that? Basil says in Diktuk, hey at the end and Lam and the Begimel are identical. Therefore there's no uh, there's no different taich. And Basil, Kivan Dhsiv Khutza Kamadhsiv Lochutz dummy, they say no 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 there's no different I mean Basham is like, oh according to you it should say a lamin at the beginning a beginning, not a hey at the end. They say uh, it's identical in Diktuk. A hey at the end and lam and the beginning are identical. Ditanya. Uh, Anytime you need a lamid in the beginning, say two, la limitsraim, it could say mitsraim mo. A hey at the end is the equivalent of a lamid at the beginning. All these things. So if Hill says that there's no there's no right. Now, so you have over here this Pasuk. This Pasuk Beshamai says is 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 they're teaching the Pasuk as referring to Two women, one's an erva, one's not, and the Torah is saying, marry the non-erva. Basil says, no, the Pasuk is actually referring to the following halacha, that if you have a woman who's about to do yibam, and someone else tries to marry her, Kedushin is not typhus. So how does Beishamai know that? Right? How does Beishamai know that halacha? Because Beishamai is using this Pasuk to tell you their halacha. So how do they know Basil's halacha? The Gemara says, How do they know this? Ishzar nafka. They actually learn enough from the word chutza, they learn it for the word ishzar, meaning... Chutza they used to tell you that you marry the tsar. Ishzar tells you that another man who tries to marry this woman, it won't work. That's a good point. So why doesn't Beishel learn now from Ishzar? Making Chutza extra in order to maybe potentially jump on Beishamai's bandwagon. The answer is, Beishel nami tevel in Ishzar. Inachanami, you're right. Chutza lomali, so you're right. Basil and Beishamai both learn this halacha from Ishzar. So what do the Basil do with the word chutzah? Beishamai uses chutzah to tell you that you can marry the co-wife. What does Basil do with the word chutzah? The answer is chutzah ha-chutzah, uh, I'm sorry, l'rabe uh, se'erisa. You know what they use the word chutzah for? Chutzah tells you, what if a woman uh, does kedushin? All right, stop. a woman does kedushin for her husband. Right? They used to split it up. We just do it all at the wedding ceremony, but they used to split it up. So husband, man, uh, a man is Makadash, a woman. And then the man dies. Do you do Yivam on the wife? He wasn't really his wife yet. But they were Kedushin. The halach is yes. 
How do you know that? Because there's chutzah. Chutzah implies they weren't so close. They were something, but they were chutzah. That's how they still use the word chutzah. They don't, it's not to tell you uh, in erva, co-wife. They use it to tell you that there's yibum after Kedushan. Okay. The Gemara says, how does Basil Bishamai know this? Chutzah ha chutzah nekshah hey. And vida chutzah chutzah le mashbalay. And Basil doesn't darsh nekshah hey. So the first reason of Bishamai, of why you do er, uh, uh, yibam on the co wife, is a pasuk. Rava has a very lumdish svar. Rava says, Taimayu de Bishamai ain iser chal al iser. There's no iser chal al iser. Let me explain outside what Beishamai actually believes, and you'll see how the Gemara misunderstands it for a moment. It's not very complicated. Beishamai has a chachab. There's never a case of a co-wife of an erva. Why? Ein isachal Meaning, which iser came first? Okay, with this woman, right? Let's say it's a case. If it's the daughter, so what iser came first is the daughter. If the iser of the daughter came first, then the iser of the sister-in-law. Never schal. She's never your sister-in-law. So she's not the co-wife of an erva. Co-wife of an erva means your sister-in-law falls to you. You can't marry her, so she's an erva, so she exempts the co-wife. This is not a case of that. Because she's, she was never b'chal yibum. Because she was never a sister-in-law. The Torah says marry your sister-in-law. She's not your sister-in-law, she's your daughter. And the sister, sister-in-law is not chal. And let's say it's the opposite. Let's say it's sister-in-law came first. I'll get you how that could be. Um, she's your sister-in-law first, and then you marry her sister. And then she subsequently became your wife's sister. So she's your sister-in-law first. So the wife's sister is never chal. So she's just your sister-in-law. She's not an erva. Memorashach, you'll never have a scenario where she's an erva to pata the tzara. Because she's either such an erva that she's not b'chal yibam, or she's b'chal yibam, she's not an erva. So you're going to ask the kasha. Adam already has his face. I can tell Adam's scrunchy face. Which is, said, why don't you marry her? Right? Meaning, meaning, if, she, if she's your sister-in-law, and she happens to subsequently become your wife's sister, so we said she's not your wife's sister, she's your sister-in-law, the wife's sister is nachal. And that's why she doesn't pot to the tzara, because she's not an erva. So then marry her. The answer is, because the second you marry her, then the ishis, the iser of your sister-in-law will go away, once you're prepared to do yivam. Then the sister-in-law will fall in afterwards. That's, that's the mafarshim explained. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a thinker. <laughs> but the Gemara... The, the, Exactly. So once you decide to do yibum, then the sister of the sister will fall away. Then the, the wife's sister will fall on. That's why you can never do yibum with her, but she'll never pot to the co-wife. Now, let, uh, so the Gemara just says the reason why there's no pot to the co-wife is because ain't a meaning she's your sister-in-law first, then she's subsequently your wife's sister, but she it never is chal because your wife's sister is never chal, so she's not an erva. So the Gemara says, okay, wait a minute. The Gemara just speaks out. The Gemara says, what about the opposite case? Meaning, the Gemara understood at first the reason why you do Yibam is because she's never the co-wife of an erva. Why? She's always your wife's sister. She's always your sister-in-law first, which you're allowed to marry. The wife's sister is only chal afterwards because she was originally your sister-in-law. Then she became your wife's sister. So the iser of, of wife's sister is not chal. So she's not an erva tapat of the tzar. Gemara says, what if the iser came first? So the Gemara says the case, the Gemara is running with this case of the wife's sister. You could have a wife's sister coming first, meaning, right? She's your wife's sister, meaning you marry a woman, she has a sister, she's your wife's sister. Then your brother marries her. So then she's your sister-in-law. Iser came first, or easier, daughter. 
Which one came first? What, uh, sister-in-law or daughter? Daughter. So why is so why why, why in that case? Why doesn't why isn't she an erev to pater? So the Gemara speaks out what I said before. Kivin dolei osi iser eishasach bechayla iser achaysisha havelitzaris ever shloim makam mitzvah v'sharia. The reason is in the case of the daughter, she was never your sister-in-law, so she was never bechal yibam. Meaning it's a miman of shach. You'll never have the co-wife of an erva because it's never a thing. Why? If all she was at first at some point is your sister-in-law, then she's not an erva. The other erva is not chal. So it's not an erva. And if the Isser is chal first, meaning like your daughter, then she was never your sister-in-law. So you'll never have, you'll either never have it because it's not an erva, or it's such an erva that it was never b'chal yibum. And you'll never have... Correct. Exactly. So if the sister-in-law came first, then it was never an erva. And if the other one came first, then it was never your sister-in-law. So that's Beishamai's shita. Okay, let's just finish up the daf. The Gemara says, if you did chalitza on the co-wife, again, Beishamai holds you have to even chalitza, Beishamai holds your potter. So the Mishnah said, if you do chalitza on the co-wife, what's the halacha? So Beishamai holds it's a legitimate chalitza, because you have to do it. And therefore she's pasal kuhuna, Beishamai says, it's not pasal kuhuna, because you don't have to do chalitza. So the Gemara says, pshita, yeah, it's pashit. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty pashit. Once, once you tell me in the first Mishnah that Beishamai holds that you don't have to do even chalitza, then do you have to tell me that if you did chalitza, it doesn't do anything? Like, yeah, it's pashit. If I do chalitza to a random person, it's also not going to do anything. So the Gemara says, The reason why it's to disagree with Rav Yechem and Nuri. Rav Yechem and Nuri's shita was like this. You have this woman, is a machleikis beishamay beisilu, yeah? So we said it could really cause problems, right? Because according to beishamay, this is a woman who you have to do yibum. According to beisilu, you're not allowed to do yibum. So you know what Rav Yechem and Nuri's shita was? Always do chalitza. Right? Beshama, you're covered. According to Beishilal, what does it hurt? Says the Mishnah, no. You don't do chalitza. Meaning, when the Mishnah said, if you did chalitza, is to tell you, that is not the standard halacha. Meaning, Rav Yechem Nuri felt that the Chazal were metakin, to always do chalitza, to be chayshish for Beishama Shita. And the Mishnah says, no. It's imchaltu, if you did it. But that's not the standard requirement. Beishilal says, no, and we follow Beishilal, unequivocally. The next line of the Mishnah was that if you did Yibam on the co-wife, Beishama holds you did a mitzvah, Beishilal says you did a mamzer. Pasal Kuna. So the Gemara says, Hasu Lamali. Uh, that's also pretty posh. The answer is, I did Tani Chalza, Tani Namia. You're right, it's just for the flow of the Mishnah. It's not necessary. Okay, so here to the end of the Mishnah, the end of the daf is very easy, and that is the Gemara is going to write Kasha. Other very simple. There's a concept in Halacha called Loisus Kaidadu, which means you shall not have groups and groups doing different things. Because it makes it look like the Torah has no achdus, which is why, like halachically, historically, Shulchan Aruch even writes historically they used to not have um, people who would wear tefillin on Cholamayid would generally like stay in the women's section, or you know, because you don't want to, it, it looks funny. We don't want to have groups of people doing different things nowadays. It's not as bad because we're such a melting pot in America. Ramayisha held that these uh, halachas don't really apply anymore. But the kasha is. How do you reconcile that with this Beishamah Beishil? You have Beishil holding no Yimah Chalitza, Beishamah holding Yimah Chalitza. Doesn't that create Leisus Kaidu? I mean, this is, this is probably more of a shadow that could come up a lot of times between Beishamah Beishil, but the Gemara just wants to know, how do you reconcile Leisus Kaidu with, with the Mishnah? We're going to admire the Kasha, and tomorrow we'll hopefully deal with the answer. The Mishnah says like this, Tanan, we just had this, we just had Purim. 
Megillah Nikris Ba Echarale Echaraser Shneimaser Shalishaser Arbaaser Hamisha Aser Lipachas Lyoser. Right, the Mishnah said that, that you could read the Megillah the 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, and 15th, depending on walled city, not walled city, where you live. Right, villages go earlier; they go to Monday and Thursday, so potentially they could uh, they do it earlier. Right, we learn Mesechet Megillah. Yeah, that is the Mishnah. The Gemara says there was a kasha. Amar Rishon Kesher Yechanan Ikri Kam Leisus Kai to do Leisasa Agudas Agudas. Rav Yechon asked Rishon Kesher Rav Yechon the kasha, which is what? What about Leisus Kai to do? Meaning, and the Gemara never answers it. By the way. But why isn't it a problem like do? You have certain villages reading the Megillah on the 14th, certain villages, certain bigger cities on the 14th, villages of the 12th, the 11th. It's pretty, you know, like do-ish. It's actually interesting that it, it just shows you, it's a little Moser Haskell, I'm not going to right now, that the whole Yom Tov of Purim is supposed to do Achdus, and you see that they're different. Because Achdus doesn't mean everyone doing the same thing. It's, just, you know, it's respecting each other, even the differences. But the kids are, I don't know. The point is, Rishon Gashash, what about like do? And he didn't answer the kasha. Now the Gemara, just before we go back there, explains what is Leisus Kai to do. The Gemara says, Leisasa Agudas Agudas, that you shouldn't have groups of Jews doing different halachas because it makes the Torah look not uniform. So the Gemara says, Hi Leisus Kai I thought Leisus Kai to do means you shall not make a bald spot from a morning. Leisus Kai to literally means don't scratch yourself due to mourning. You're not supposed to make a wound after, that's what literally, if you art scroll, that's what it means. The extra tough teaches you that. The Gemara says, How do I know that it's talking about making a wound at all? Maybe the entire Pasuk is talking about making groups. The answer is, The extra, the way it's written, the extra tough, the extra dollar is teaching you about these Allah. It's fine. Now, they didn't answer the Kasha. Rav Yechon didn't answer the Kasha. So the Gemara says, um, I'm sorry, uh, uh, so Yechon then said to Rish Lakish, what's bothering you about the Megillah? What about the fact that Erev Pesach, the Mishnah says that if you have different locations, right, that if you have, is Pesachim before Megillah? Yeah, Pesachim is before Megillah. So he's saying that you're going through the order of Mishnayis, why aren't you bothered by that? That Erev Pesach, there's no Isser Malacha, but it's different Minhagim. Certain towns have the meaning not to do Malacha, certain towns have the meaning to do Malacha. So why aren't you bothered by that? So Rish Lakish responded, Rish says, that doesn't bother me, that's a minik. Doing Malacha not doing Malacha is a minik. Okay, so they have different Minhagim, that doesn't bother me. This is a Halacha. This is Chazal dictating. You're allowed to read this time then, not allowed to read it this time then. That's halacha. Halacha, I, I feel I should be uniform. Minhagim, okay, people develop minhagim. That doesn't bother me so much. The Gemara says, It's, uh, it's just a minute. Do not do malacha on Erev Pesach. But doesn't it say, Meaning, um, over there it's a lotion of Iser, and that's the night of B'dikas Chametz. Not to do malacha is also Iser, and, and that's, that, so you see that they have different places, and that's Isser, you know. Some hold that it's Osir to do Malach, and some hold that it's Mutter. So why aren't you bothered by that? So he says, Amalei, Hasem Haraya, I'm Malachu That doesn't bother me so much. I'll tell you why. If you have a group of people that are working, and then another group of people that are not working, it's not going to look like there's two religions. It's just going to look like the people that are not working don't have jobs. So that's, I, I'm, I, he said, the whole problem is optics. He says, I'm not really bothered by that case, because optically it's not so terrible. What bothers me, but... Megillah bothers me. So fine, that was the Kasha never answered. So the Gemara now addresses it back to our Mishnah. So the Kasha is, why is no one bothered by this? You have literal women that Beishamai hold Nidivim, Beishol hold 
don't require even why isn't that not going to create agudas agudas? I'm not sure exactly because like I guess people will notice it. Yeah, so I, we have to. I have to figure out exactly why it's more of a kasha here than any other. Yeah, I have to. I have to check this out. But that's the kasha. Again, tomorrow we'll go through the sugi a little more. So hopefully, by tomorrow I'll have a. I'll answer for it. All right, shkafe. Recording stopped.